We are cooking with gas. <laughs> or maybe not. India continues the stupidity of digitizing and forcing their citizens into digital IDs, which, you know, the show is very much against, stupid statues, and saving a dog. We got that and a lot more. This is a packed show tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello to you wherever you may be across this little planet we call Earth. We're live across Rumble.com, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. And for the first time, we are live on our brand new channel, The Jay Sheldon Show on Rumble. So you will find us there. The link is the top link in our show notes. You have to go there and hit subscribe because all of my subscribers are on my main account, Jay Sheldon. I got to get you moved over to my new channel, The Jay Sheldon Show. So please, please, if it's not too much to ask, it's free. Just head over to that link in our in our show notes, the description down below, and just click subscribe. And it's free, it's easy, and uh, you'll help us out a lot. We really do appreciate that. All right. Uh, yeah, lots going on tonight, including, of course, our favorite little furry friend, Ms. Miko. Miko update. There she is. <laughs> uh, she's doing great. No uh, major updates, no issues, no dramas to talk about. She didn't eat today. I don't know why. She'll nibble on the kibbles, but her main food, the wet food that we give her, sometimes she just has this attitude and it's like, nah, not eating that today. So she did finally eat what I gave her for lunch for dinner. But, you know, that's the way she is. And this is her and her favorite here-I-am-exposed-to-the-world pose. If you're listening on the podcast, go to rumble.com, check out the Jay Sheldon Show, subscribe while you're there, and uh, you can uh, you can check out these pictures. She Yes, she is adorable. You're exactly right. All right. Uh, something, by the way, apparently is happening on YouTube. I don't know what, but we're supposed to be live. It looks like we are live. Okay, I guess we're okay. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We are good on all the other channels, all the other platforms. Oh, and by the way, somebody mentioned my forehead when my nose was red. Yes, my forehead and... Oh, you see? There I am. You see? That's what lag does. <laughs> there you go. Uh, somebody mentioned that um, my forehead and my, my, uh, my nose was red. You are right. Uh, I had eczema. Now, I had eczema about three years ago, and it went away in a week or so. I got a shot, a steroid shot, and some pills and creams, and everything cleared itself up. This time, it's been almost two months now I've been dealing with this crap. It is all over my arms, my legs, my back, my face. My body itches 24 hours a day. Enough about me. I won't give you the gory details. But just so you know, I had my last clot shot about a year ago. It was, I think, December of last year. I have only recently, now you know all this stuff about myocarditis and strokes and heart attacks and all that other stuff. I just found a few people posting, and then when I searched it, I found a lot of people posting who have had incredible outbreaks of eczema since they took 
the shot. Not saying anything. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what to do. You do you, I'll do me. I sadly was uh, coerced into getting the shots. I told you once before I've spent my whole life saying I have no regrets, and I now have a single regret, and that is that I took the vaccination. I will forever regret doing that. I wish I hadn't, but I did, and so there you go. Uh, Beyond that, these folks said they also had eczema a long time ago. It cleared up and gone away. And then in their cases, mostly uh, right after getting a booster or something, which I will, you put a gun to my head, you will never in a billion years get me. I will just forget it. Ain't going no booster going in this boy. I'm already sad and mad enough. I succumbed to the first two ridiculous things. Anyway, um, they mentioned that their eczema went crazy nuts. And uh, in fact, in one case, uh, a woman said that she had not had a problem. She was uh, took the clot shots about uh, eight, nine months ago, and then suddenly her eczema kicked up in full gear and was worse than it ever was. Not saying nothing. Not making any links, but I'm looking into it because if it's true, it kind of sucks. All right. Uh, what? Oh, yeah. We forgot to tell you that our. Uh, oh, no, I didn't want to do that. Let's go back. Hold on. There we go. Uh, I forgot to tell you that our uh, our Miko update was brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com is a monthly subscription service. You sign up and you will get a box delivered to your door with doggy treats and doggy toys inside you get two toys two bags of uh, treats all natural good for your dog treats and a dog chew you get it every month and every month is a new theme delivered right to your door if you use our link barkbox.com slash miko you will get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription so you sign up for six months you get seven 12 months, you get 13. So in other words, you can actually take the cost of a single month and reduce each one of your six-month subscriptions by that much, uh, you know, by a percentage of that. It's a great deal. And uh, you'll check it out, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Once you find out more about this product, you will want it for your dog. It is great. It is wonderful. And uh, check it out. Great working with this company, too. They have a no-questions-asked guarantee. If you're ever not happy with something... You just let them know they will make it right. Barkbox.com slash Miko is the link, and you will want to go over there and check it out. All right. Let's see. Did we get... uh, I think we did. Okay. Let's make sure we've all moved ahead here. Okay. We're good. Sorry. Just got some technical crap to do. I'm producing my own show tonight, so hang with me. Do you cook with gas? Lots of people cook with gas. Restaurants all cook with gas. Well, the U.S. is in the middle of this ridiculously stupid gas stove meltdown. When are these people ever going to learn? Gas stove cooking has been around forever. It is the standard in restaurants around the world. This country alone, where I live in Malaysia, moves on gas gas at the mamak stall the chinese stalls every possible place it doesn't matter wherever gas in people's homes people cook with gas now to be honest i use induction cooktops i used to use gas i love gas 
but I had an occasion where I had to get an induction cooktop and it took a little getting used to, but now I don't think I'll ever use anything else. It's damn cool. I love my induction cooktop. And when I go to make my coffee and no, I don't make some, you know, fancy schmancy ground bean stuff. I, I love that kind of coffee, but I just make Nescafe instant black when I make it and I boil the water, put it in the pot, turn on the induction range. And in 30 seconds, the water's boiling. I love it. Mm. Anyway, check out this crap. I'm sure you've probably heard about it by now, but this is a great article from Beckett Adams at uh, Washington Examiner. Uh, the Great Gas Stove Meltdown. For few things in life are as disconcerting as the Internet's power-to-fuel conflict. Left-wing wackos are out in force this week promoting a ban on gas stoves. And right-wingers are mounting a very stiff resistance. Certain Democratic officials and their allies in the press, relying entirely on popular junk science studies, are now apparently experts in all things stovetop, championing, championing a position they adopted only this week, the first time we hear about it. The exhausted impatience of longtime activists Republican lawmakers, meanwhile, have introduced a House resolution prohibiting federal agencies from moving to ban gas stoves and similar gas-powered appliances. On and on we go, new chapter of the culture wars. The most disturbing thing isn't that the left and the right are engaged in yet another one of these stupid ideological skirmishes. The press riding over, of course, as usual, to the left's aid. Uh, this kind of heated national debate came from seemingly nowhere. I mean, out of the blue, suddenly, oh, guess what? Gaff stoves are bad for you. And advanced by the Internet's godlike ability to birth conflict from practically nothing. This moron at the Consumer Product Safety Commission, Richard Trumka, who uh, suggested uh, January 9th his agency may eventually ban gas stoves. This is a hidden hazard, he told Bloomberg. Any option is on the table. Products that can be made safe can be banned. Or that can't be made safe can be banned. What, like a clot shot? Later, his, com Ooh, his comments were met with a chilly reception, and he attempted to amend his position as they always do. Once they say something stupid and people thump him on it, then, oh, well, what I meant to say, oh, you misinterpreted. It, to be clear, he says, CPSC isn't coming for anyone's gas stoves. Regulations apply to new products. For Americans who choose to switch from gas to electric, there is support available. Congress passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes an $840 rebate. Fun fact, a ban on new stoves is still a ban. Also, too little, too late from this moron. Even with his clarification, uh, the press already up and running, publishing breaking news reports on reasonable interpretations of his initial remarks. A U.S. federal agency is considering a ban on gas stoves at the headline in the uh, CNN. 
Mother Jones reported around the same time, quote, federal agency to consider banning gas stoves. Um, anyway, it goes on and on. Read the rest of this article if you want to find out more. It's just the dumbest freaking thing, these people. Got nothing better to do. Got nothing else going on. So, hey, what can we do now? Oh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's ban gas stoves. You know, the thing that nearly everybody cooks on. And if you've ever been to a restaurant, your restaurant is cooking with gas. The Pentagon, new topic, has dropped its vaccine mandate, which is great news. What isn't such good news is that they have no plans to reinstate the troops that were discharged for refusing the vaccine mandate. What? This is from the Daily Signal. Links in our show notes if you want to read it. Look at this idiot. You know, already the military is suffering from a huge lack of volunteers, people signing up. You've seen the headlines. It's huge percentage less in our military, which is already gutted. These idiots have a vaccine mandate, fire a bunch of people, and now they don't want to rehire them? They have rescinded the mandate, but the Pentagon does not appear to have a plan in place to reinstate the military personnel who lost their jobs for refusing the vaccine. The Daily Signal asked the Defense Department whether there would be an effort to bring military personnel discharge back into the military. And here was their response. Regarding your final question, former service members may petition their military department's discharge review boards and boards of correction of military and naval records to individually review and correct personnel records, including records regarding the characterization of their discharge. That was from a Pentagon spokesperson. Can you imagine the kind of time that would be involved going through these boards? Forget it. Just Most people would just shake their heads and say, screw you. They issued a memo Tuesday explaining the military members dismissed for refusing the vaccine may be eligible to receive an honorable discharge, but the memo did not acknowledge any plan to reinstate those memos. Eight 1,424 military members were discharged for refusing the vaccine. My goodness. And yet, they're complaining because their recruitment is hugely low. The link's in our show notes. There's more details. Check out the... uh, Check out the article there if you want to read more. All right, digital IDs. Here we go again. I will not stop talking about this. I will not stop telling you do not get a digital ID if there's any possible way. Don't tell me it's so convenient. It's so much easier. So India, I can just hear the discussion in the back room. India is saying, look, we want to force everybody to get a digital ID. But that would be some really bad press. So how can we do it? I know we'll say that if you go, in order to pay your income tax, 
you have to have a digital ID. And then if somebody doesn't want to get digital ID, they can't pay their income tax and we'll charge them with income tax evasion. Right, brilliant. India is now going to let banks use biometrics to confirm transactions. Biometrics, otherwise known as a digital ID. The Indian government is allowing banks to verify individual transactions for those that exceed 2 million rupees annually, including iris scans and facial recognition in cases where fingerprint verification fails. The effort is to crack down on tax evasion, they say, and fraud. According to sources who talk to Reuters, it also highlights major privacy issues and civil liberties concerns. A few banks have already started using the option. Uh, They asked not to be named because the advisory allowing such verification has not been made public. The verification is optional and meant to be used in cases where someone has not shared their permanent account number, PAN card, with banks. It'll be used to verify the identity of individuals making transactions, both withdrawals and deposits, exceeding 2 million rupees in a year if they've shared the Aadhaar biometric ID cards with the bank. Now, that's the thing that's linked to their tax department. Read the rest of this article. It's frightening. And it's just one step closer to this ridiculous Orwellian crap known as a digital ID that you do not want to be a part of. Oh, it's so convenient. It's so easy. It makes your life better until they don't like what you say and they shut you off. Modern art is our next story. Modern art, in my humble opinion, for the most part, is crap. And if you need another example of what I'm talking about, this. You know what that is? That is a new statue in honor of, and I use that phrase very lightly, Dr. Martin Luther King. New, unfortunate-looking Martin Luther King sculpture in Boston mercilessly mocked online. As well it should be, because it's crap. A new sculpture dedicated to civil rights activist Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Sparked controversy when its unveiling garnered a mixed response from social media users, some of whom pointed out the public artwork is just shaped like a giant penis. Which, there you go, take a look. This is a pair of hands and arms holding up what, for all intents, is just one giant copper penis. There you go. This, for some reason 
somebody paid uh, probably an exorbitant amount of money for some idiot artists to come up with this crap. And it is absolute embarrassing crap. And this supposedly to honor the memory of Dr. Martin Luther King, you should be embarrassed. You should be ashamed. It's on the Boston Commons. It's called Embrace. And according to the artist, it's supposed to depict the arms, shoulders, and hands of MLK and his wife hugging after Martin received the Nobel Prize in 1964. Yeah, I don't think so. It's crap. It's garbage. It's an embarrassment. Check out the article. The link's in our show notes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because, frankly, I don't want to think about it. Just wanted to bring it up to you so you would know exactly how stupid some of these things these people do. When will they ever learn? Maybe we ought to turn to the young people for some help. That's a rather bad attempt at a segue because my next story is very cool. I'm loving this. An ailing Arkansas city has elected a new mayor and the hope this new mayor will turn things around. He is 18 years old and that's him. Take a look at that. Jalen Smith. They're hoping his youthful energy and sense of purpose will improve the fortunes of Earl, Arkansas, or at least maybe attract a supermarket to their small city. But believe it or not, this guy, 18 years old, got elected mayor. The shoe factory closed, the supermarket pulled out, neighbors whose old homes now falling apart, overtaken by weeds and trees, the best students at Earl High School often left for college and never came back. Well, Jalen Smith is 18 years old, and he could have left too. But instead, when he graduated from high school last year, he resolved to stay put in Earl, Arkansas, small city surrounded by farmland in the Arkansas Delta, and his family's lived there for generations. That's where Earl is right there on the map next to Tennessee and Mississippi border. Not only did he stay, he ran for mayor, and he won. Here's a quote from him. He says, why should I have to go elsewhere to be great when I can be great right here in Earl, Arkansas? That's the way to think about it. Mr. Smith said a few days after his inauguration last week, he was sitting at his new desk in the mayor's office, but never keeping still. He's signing papers, alternating between a, answering a landline and a cell phone that rang constantly. There is a picture of uh, part of, I assume, downtown Earl. Not the nicest looking place on earth. Wow. Check that out. Mr. Smith's platform reflected the steep price those who remain in Earl have to pay. Among other things, they've contented with a faulty drainage system. That, oh, yeah, look at that. That's all water there. Wow. Leaves the neighbors swamped after it rains. 
Unbelievable. There's about 1,800 people that live in Earl, Arkansas, and they've got a new mayor full of fresh ideas, and they're hoping that uh, he might be able to turn things around. Oh, why not? Absolutely give the guy a chance. Look at this. Look at these pictures of Earl. Unbelievable. He's not daunted. He says, I'm kind of a go-getter. When I was in high school, I was always told no, but I kept pushing because I knew there was someone who was willing to tell me yes. Ha! How about that? That's incredible. What a great story. 18 years old. Let me fly back up. There he is. Jalen Smith, the new 18-year-old mayor of Earl, Arkansas. Congratulations, Mr. Smith, and more power to you. Wow. Isn't that a great story? That is fantastic. I love that story. I would, I, I don't know how we would, but we'll follow up if we can, and we'll see if, uh, we'll see how 18-year-old Mr. Smith does there in uh, his quest to save Earl. <laughs> there are, there has been a huge explosion of online mental health, I don't want to say clinics because they're not clinics. They're websites that you can sign up for. And, you know, because everybody now knows Zoom or whatever it is they have, you know, online. Um, so there's been a huge explosion since the pandemic and lockdowns, people working from home in this online therapy. You can sign up you pay for it and you get connected with a therapist and then you and he or she connect online. You can change therapists if you happen to get one that you don't get along with or you don't like. However, this article from the Wall Street Journal is titled The Failed Promise of Online Mental Health Treatment. Scary story. Heavy advertising and other strategies from Silicon Valley's playbook boosts providers' growth, but not the quality of care. Remote treatment of mental health problems surged in the pandemic. In-person treatment was nearly impossible because people were locked down. Uh, that isolation increased anxiety, depression, and digital mental health companies Plunged right in, they promised to provide millions with access to high-quality care by video, phone, messaging. A lot of the businesses, though, put a major premium on growth, not so much on help. Investor-backed, they deployed classic Silicon Valley tactics like spending heavy on advertising, expansion, often using contractors instead of employees to control costs a strategy designed for mundane businesses like food delivery. The formula isn't exactly suited to the sensitive topic and activities of treating mental health problems. After Caleb Hill, here's a related story. After Caleb Hill told his parents he was gay, he was kicked out of the house. He'd been taught growing up in a conservative Christian household in Tennessee that his attraction to men was a grave sin. Feeling isolated and depressed, a few months later, Mr. Hill, then 22, 
sought therapy. He heard podcast ads for BetterHelp, a company that provides remote therapy, promises a personalized therapist match, tailored to your preferences and your needs. Now, his biggest concern was he missed his family, basically. The therapist was given, recommended by, uh, the therapist recommended he stop, try to stop being gay. (laughs) Idiot. This guy living in the 60s. Anyway, (laughs) he requested an LGBT therapist. Screenshot of his intake form shows. BetterHelp gave him one who didn't specialize in LGBT issues, according to the provider's profile on its website, and whose personal website says he practices Christian counseling, which is kind of what got this guy in trouble in the first place. He said either you sacrifice your family or you sacrifice being gay. That, according to Mr. Hill. I really needed someone to tell me I was gay and that was okay, and I got the exact opposite. Now, BetterHelp would not comment for this article, citing patient confidentiality. The therapist wouldn't discuss him either, citing the same reason. Given the scale of service, unfortunate and negative experiences are not completely unavoidable, according to BetterHelp. That is true in all therapy settings, whether traditional or online. But the stories of mismatches and problems with this online therapy just go on and on. You see this? Just look at this. The article is full of these kind of uh, stories and situations. So, you know, if it's for you, it's for you. You do you, I'll do me. But think twice. Read this article. Link is in our show notes tonight if you want to check it out. And... uh Mm. it's a little bit scary. Check it out, though, and find out more, especially before, if you're thinking about signing up. All right, we've got a couple more here, then we're going to get to our book, White Fang, tonight. You ready for this one? Sorry, Elon, but i got to do the story. Take a look at that. Look at that crash. That is a car crash, and you know what caused it? A self-driving car, surveillance footage of a Tesla crash on San Francisco's Bay Bridge, which happened sadly just hours after Elon announces the self-driving feature. Musk had said Tesla's problematic autopilot features are really the difference between Tesla being worth a lot of money or worth basically zero. This is from Thanksgiving Day, so just a couple months ago. A Tesla Model S vehicle changing lanes, and then all of a sudden, it breaks. It stops in the far left lane, resulting in an eight-vehicle crash. Injured nine people, including a two-year-old child, and blocked traffic on the bridge for over an hour. Take a look at this piece of uh, security camera footage and watch right up here, which is where this is going to happen. You see this? You'll see the car suddenly stop there. Just stopped. And then, of course, boom, boom, crash. Unbelievable. Witnesses' account at the time confirmed what happened. The driver told police he'd been using Tesla's new full self-driving feature before Tesla's 
left signal activated and its brakes activated and it moved into the left lane, slowed to a stop directly in the path of the second vehicle's travel. And that's what happened. Here's another angle. Uh, it happens down in this area. So take a look here. You'll see it's quite far away from where this camera is, but you'll see it happen. There you go, right here. Bam. And they, look at that. One car got shoved up against the wall. Uh, Elon Musk, Tesla's full self-driving beta is now available to anyone in North America who requests it from the car screen, assuming you bought the option. Congratulations on the team for achieving a major milestone. The uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said it's launching an investigation into this particular crash. Tesla vehicles using its autopilot driver assistant in a full self-driving mode has an expanded set of features atop autopilot. We're involved in 273 known crashes from July of 2021 of last year. Wow. Tesla's accounted for 70% of 329 crashes in which advanced driver assistance programs were involved as well as a majority of fatalities and serious injuries associated with them. My goodness. Insane. Look at that. There you go. And sadly, there's the baby stroller. No one was killed in the crash. Several people, including a two-year-old child, were injured. Look at that. That's the one you saw get jammed up against the wall there. Wow. So, the wonderful... Auto drive. Look, I love Elon Musk. I think he's done amazing stuff. In fact, what he's done with Twitter alone is incredibly good. But uh, <laughs> we might just not be ready for some of this technology. All right, we got one more. We're going to end on a good news story because because we always do. And then we're going to move on to reading our book. We'll continue on with White Fang. This happened locally here in Malaysia, but even if you're not in Malaysia, stay with me. It's a brilliant, heartwarming story. You're going to love it. Uh, and if you've seen this picture, you know already what this story is all about. If you're listening to the podcast, please check out the link in our description. The fire department, which here in Malaysia, we call it the Bomba, B-O-M-B-A, Bomba, which is fire department gets called a lot in this country to rescue cats and dogs and a great deal of things they do is to get snakes like cobras and boa constrictors out of people's homes you always see these stories yes we have boa constrictors and we have cobras and yes they come in the house not my house so far but we have had both in our neighborhood here in our area so, not that it's not possible. Anyway, this is such an amazing story. If you are in trouble, you can always count on the amazing firefighters we have here in Malaysia to save the day. And the article from uh, says.com says, even if you're a drama queen that doesn't want the help, take a look at this. The guy's got a rescue uh, safety rope on. There's some other members of the fire department here who are uh, helping out. And here is the fireman 
out on this ledge way up in the air. And this poor dog who somehow got out there. Wait till you see the video. January 11th. So just a few days ago, fire and rescue took some time to rescue a dog that somehow found its way on the ledge of a high-rise building. The team can be seen trying their best to coax the dog off the ledge to safety. The dog, however, ain't having none of it. Fireman tries to hand it some food, keeps turning its face away, says it wasn't easy to persuade it at all. The, uh, the fireman had to keep encouraging it with sweet words. Look at that. <laughs> what a face. This guy has the patience of a saint. There you go. He's got some food there. He's trying to get him to come in. Let me get to the video here. Take a look at this. This is so cute. There is some music here. I don't know if I can. Yeah. Every time he offers it, she turns away. <laughs> no, don't want it. <laughs> that is so adorable. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Anyway, end of the day, they did get the dog rescued. It did finally come in off the ledge. And everything was as it should be. Congratulations to our amazing fire department here in Malaysia. They do such a great job. This is a classic story. If you want to see the video, share it with your friends, read the whole article, you can do that. The link is in our show notes, and uh, you, can, you can check it out. All right. Wow. Heartwarming. Great story. These guys are the best. Guys and gals, by the way. All right. Cool, cool beans. It is time to move on to our book. We read books on this show, and we have uh, always done that. We've read The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, so many wonderful, amazing classic books. We start at the beginning, go all the way through to the end, a chapter or half a chapter at a time, and then when we get uh, done, we move on to the new book. So we've been doing White Fang for the first uh couple of, first part. White Fang is set up weird. It's in part one, two, three, four, five, and then in each part, has chapters in it. So it's part one, chapter one, chapter two. Anyway, you hear that? That's Miko. Because <clears throat> apparently somebody's moving outside and she's quite the guard dog. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, so we are going to move ahead with our book, which means we have to pop up the picture of the cover. There you go. See, like I told you, I'm producing everything myself tonight and it's a pain in the ass. Uh, where's my book? Here it is. We're on chapter two. Uh, it's called The Lair. And here we go, continuing on with the story of White Fang. For two days, a she-wolf and one eye hung about the Indian camp. He was worried and apprehensive, yet the camp lured his mate, and she was loath to depart. But when, one morning, the air was rent with the report of a rifle, Close at hand, and a bullet smashed against a tree trunk several inches from one eye's head. They hesitated no more, but went off on a long swinging lope that put quick miles between them and the danger. They didn't go too far, a couple of days' journey, 
and then she-wolf's need to find the thing for which she'd searched had now become imperative. She was getting very heavy, and could run but slowly. Once in the pursuit of a rabbit, which she ordinarily would have caught with ease, she gave over, laid down to rest. One eye came to her, but when he touched her neck gently with his nuzzle, she snapped at him with such ridiculous fierceness. He tumbled over backward, cutting a silly figure in his effort to escape her teeth. Her temper was now shorter than ever, but he'd become more patient than ever and more solicitous. And she found the thing for which she sought. It was a few miles up a small stream that in the summertime flowed into the Mackenzie, but that then was frozen and frozen down to its rocky bottom, dead stream of solid white from source to mouth. The she-wolf was trotting wearily along, her mate well in advance, when she came upon the overhanging high clay bank. She turned aside and trotted over to it. The wear and tear of spring storms and melting snows had underwashed the bank. In one place had made a small cave out of a narrow fissure. She paused at the mouth of the cave and looked the wall over carefully. Then, on one side and the other, she ran along the base of the wall to where its abrupt bulk merged from the softer-lined landscape. Returning to the cave, she entered its narrow mouth. For a short three feet, she was compelled to crouch. Then the walls widened and rose higher in a little round chamber nearly six feet in diameter. The roof barely cleared her head. It was dry and cozy. She inspected it with painstaking care, while one eye, who'd returned, stood at the entrance and patiently watched her. She dropped her head, nose to the ground, and directed towards a point nearer to where her closely bunched feet, and around this point she circled several times. And then with a tired sigh that was almost a grunt, she curled her body in relaxed her legs, and dropped down, her head towards the entrance. One eye, with pointed, interested ears, laughed at her, and beyond, outlined against the white light, she could see the brush of his tail, waving good-naturedly. Her own ears, with a snuggling movement, laid her sharp points backwards, down against her head for a moment, while her mouth opened and her tongue lolled peacefully out. And in this way she expressed that she was pleased and satisfied. One eye was hungry. Though he lay down in the entrance and slept, his sleep was fitful. He kept awakening, cocking his ears at the bright world without where the April sun was blazing across the snow. And when he dozed, upon his ears would steal the faint whispers of hidden trickles of running water. He'd rouse, listen intently. The sun had come back, and all the awakening Northland world was calling to him. Life was stirring. The feel of spring was in the air, the feel of growing life under the snow, the sap ascending in the trees, buds bursting the shackles of the frost. He cast anxious glances at his mate, but she showed no desire to get up. 
He looked outside. Half a dozen snowbirds fluttered across his field of vision. He started to get up and then looked back to his mate again, then settled down and dozed. A shrill and minute singing stole upon his hearing. Once and twice, he sleepily brushed his nose with his paw and then woke up. There, buzzing in the air at the tip of his nose, was a lone mosquito. Full-grown mosquito, one that had lain frozen in a dry log all winter and now had been thawed out by the sun. He couldn't resist the call of the world any longer. Besides, he was hungry. He crawled over to his mate, tried to persuade her to get up, but she only snarled at him. And he walked out alone into the bright sunlight to find the snow surface soft under his foot and the traveling difficult. He went up the frozen bed of the stream where the snow, shaded by the trees, was yet hard and crystalline. He was gone eight hours, came back through the darkness hungrier than when he'd started. He'd found game, but he hadn't caught it. He'd broken through the melting snow crust and wallowed while the snowshoe rabbits had skimmed along on top as lightly as ever. He paused at the mouth of the cave with a sudden shock of suspicion. Faint, strange sounds came from within. They were sounds not made by his mate, and yet they were remotely familiar. He bellied cautiously inside and was met by a warning snarl from the she-wolf. This he received without perturbation, though he obeyed it by keeping his distance. But he remained interested in the other sounds, faint, muffled sobbings and slubberings. His mate warned him irritably away, curled up and slept in the entrance. And when the morning came, and the dim light pervaded the lair, he again sought after the source of this remotely familiar sounds. There was a new note in his mate's warning snarl. It was a jealousy note. He was very careful in keeping a respectable distance. Nevertheless, he made out, sheltering between her legs against the length of her body, five strange little bundles of life very feeble, very helpless, making tiny whimpering noises, with eyes that did not open to the light. He was surprised it was not the first time in his long and successful life that this thing had happened. It happened many times, yet each time it was as fresh as a surprise to him. His mate looked at him anxiously. Every little while she emitted a low growl, and at times, when it seemed to her he approached too near, the growl shot up in her throat to a sharp snarl. Of her own experience, she had no memory of the thing happening, but in her instinct, which was the experience of all mothers of wolves, there lurked a memory of fathers who had eaten their newborn and helpless progeny. It manifested itself with a fear strong within her that made her prevent one eye from more closely inspecting the cubs that he had fathered. But there was no danger, 
Old One-Eye was feeling the urge of an impulse that was, in turn, an instinct that had come down to him from all the fathers of wolves. He didn't question it, nor puzzle over it. It was there, in the fiber of his being. And it was the most natural thing in the world that he should obey it by turning his back on his newborn family and by trotting out and away on the meat trail whereby he lived. Wow, five wolf cubs. <laughs> we'll continue with this chapter coming up in our next stream, which will be on uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, all right. Cool beans. We will, uh, yeah, cool beans. Yes, I'm living in the 80s, okay? I'll see you again on uh, Wednesday, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Thank you so much. Be sure you like and subscribe our brand new channel on Rumble, which is where we will be live now for the foreseeable future. The Jay Sheldon Show links the top link in our show. Get over there. Hit subscribe. Hopefully I'm going to get all my, my account subscribers moved over to the Jay Sheldon Show. So if you're looking for us, you found us. Here we are. And thanks for hitting that subscribe button. It really uh, really helps us out a lot, and it's free for you. I'll see you again on Wednesday. Thanks for watching and listening in. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>